If you would, uh, stand with me to read into God's Word. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes who had dispersed abroad, greetings. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect results, so that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without doubting, for the one who doubts is like a surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind." For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. But the brother of humble circumstance is to glory in his high position, and the rich man is to glory in his humiliation, because like the flowering grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with a scorching wind and withers the grass, and it flowers falls off and the beauty of its appearance is destroyed, so too the rich man in the midst of his pursuits will fade away. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. In the exercise of His will, He brought us forth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits among the creatures. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your soul. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror for once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does." If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle 
his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This man's religion is worthless. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God and Father is this, to visit the orphans and the widows in the distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Let us pray. Father, we have your word before us this morning, and we pray, Lord, as we look at these verses, as we look at resting in your word, your truth, Lord, help us to understand that you would take over this vessel, Lord, and that you would preach to us that we may be encouraged and, and, and strengthened, Lord, because of your goodness, your mercy through the cross. Through the word of your testimony, we thank you for this letter. Lord, now help us to have ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts right now intently, Lord, waiting on your word to change us and to be encouraged and strengthened that we may be effectual doers of your word because of the work of Christ. Lord, we thank you. And help us this day, in Jesus' name, preach unto us, Lord, unto us. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. The title is simple today, and it's just resting in His Word. Resting in His truth. Resting in all that He is. I want us to remember the things that we have gone through. I want you to remember one thing that the first chapter sets the theme for the rest of the book. So we are skimming it right now, but as the book continues to go in, we get to go deeper and deeper in the themes that we have coming through this in the rest of the book of James. Amen? I hope you're excited because of the work that Christ has done for us. Amen? For us, for you and me. And by the power of Christ, he has changed everything about us that we are able to endure by faith, able to endure the trials that come in every direction, every size. And we are able to endure and not blame God for our sin and when we give over to temptation, knowing that God is always good. Amen. That's good news. We need to hear that. We need to remind ourselves all the time when we look upon this God of the Bible. And we begin our text today in verse 19. And it says, this you know. Now, what is it that we know? We know that Jesus Christ died on the cross. We know that Jesus Christ is all God and always will be all God. And if Jesus Christ is not God, we all just need to go home because we're all damned to have no hope. But Jesus Christ is God, and that's the way, that way he was able to satisfy holy justice for us. And therefore, we see that this we know, but this we know part is going to dig it down deeper for us today. It's not just because this I've heard, but this we know. This I heard about is different than this we know. This we know is the Holy Spirit dwelling in us right now, ready to receive and implanted in us His Word, right, ready to, to receive what it looks like to be a lover of Jesus Christ. 
to be able to endure the things that life has set out before us. And always please do keep in mind the background, the historical background, because this is going to make sense. When we also get over to when it talks about the orphans and the widows, it's going to be important that we bring this with us. So this we know. What is it that we know? Well, we go back to verse 18. In the exercise of his will. Do you see that? Remember that last week? In the exercise of his will, not your will and not anybody else's will, but God's will, he brought forth, uh, he uh, brought us forth by the word of truth. This we know. Why? Because the word of truth changes us. By the word of truth is coming out of us daily as we live this uh, life uh, devoted unto him. Now, I don't know about you, and I pray that it's true for you. I want to be Psalm 42 that was read. Amen? Did y'all read that earlier? Did y'all hear what was read? Is that you? I look at my life, do I desire that? And James is pouring out his heart here to know that it was the will of God that changed us by the word of truth, that being the written word, that also being the word of God himself, Jesus in the flesh, the incarnate Christ, right? By that truth of who he is, uh, being a propitiation for us, that holy wrath was satisfied, this we know. Okay, now, if this we know down deep, if this we know that God has done a work in us, we, this no is not about, this no is personal. And so I say as we continue to go on here, it's going to dig into the, to some situations that we need to hear from God ourselves. We need to come into God's house all the time and say, this is for me. Not for someone who's not here or maybe someone who is here, but this is for me. Cut all the other stuff out. We are to get and stand before God as we know, my beloved brethren. See the heart of James again? The heart of James is pouring out right here when he says, this we know, my beloved brethren. He is not hammering us away, beating on us or anything to that effect. He's pouring out his heart to us. And we need to receive it that way. Because it's the power of God that's changed us to where we want what James is talking about. Mere religion, you'll just end up hating it. But look at this. Look at what it's saying. And I would say right now, it's so personal that we shall not hear anything else but God's Word. It's so personal that, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, right? And looking at this, we're resting in His Word. We are to be receptive to His Word. We are to respond to His Word. And we are to be resolved to do His Word. Amen? And so as we go through these points today, and as we look at resting in His Word, now everything hinges right here. Do we truly rest in His Word? All of us have growing to do in this area. But when troubles come, temptations come, are we trusting in His Word that He will 
Give us the strength to endure. Are we trusting in what it really means to be born again by the power of God? Are we trusting in that new heart that He's given us to desire the engrafted Word upon our hearts to be changed by His Word? Resting in His truth, resting in His Word, we have to be receptive to His Word, which means we have to be ready to be changed by God today. Each and every time that we come into God's sanctuary, each and every time we open up the Word, each and every time we have a Bible study, each and every time we have Sunday school, Wednesday night service, or growth groups, each and every time we open it by ourselves, we must be receptive to God's Word, meaning, Lord, it is I. Lord, it is I. It's no one else, but it's, it's I. It's me. And it says this, we must be quick to hear. Did you hear that? Now, it's not talking about the worldly way of this verse that is applied to many people. And again, I want to take, kick that off right now. Right? It's, we are to be quick to hear God's Word. The Word is the theme that's running through this. We are to quick to be uh, to listen to what God has to say to us, quick to hear. Notice that what he says not to do, but right now it says what to do, and that is to be quick to hear. And if we are quick to hear, this means we're clearing our mind out right now, at this present moment, and say, Lord, as the deer pants for the water brook, so my heart pants for you. And it points to me directly as it points to you directly. But clear out everything else that we may hear what God has to say to us and to us alone today. To be quick to hear. To be attentive to God's Word. To be, uh, to be moved by God's Word. During our private time, during our uh, community time of worshiping God. We are to be quick to hear God's Word. And we have many things that go out there which kind of um, dissolves a lot of things. Well, he's not saying it right, or this person's not doing this. This is not, this is not, all these things are not right. He's saying it too low. He's saying it too loud. He's saying it monotone when nobody, you know, I fall asleep while he's talking to us. That's not the qualifier. The qualifier is this, is it true? what he's saying. Amen? We have different personalities, different personalities like different preachers. That's not the point. The point is, is it true what he's saying? And the disqualifier, if it's not true, it does not apply to me. If it's not true, I don't have to take it in. But you can't hear it attentively if you're not paying attention to it to, under, to discern the truth. Amen? We have to have ears to hear what God has to say and ready to be changed by God. And this means hush and listen. Hush and listen what God has to say. You know, if you're speaking, you can't really hear. Everybody agree to that on the normal realm of earthly wisdom. Right? If you're talking, you can't hear anybody else. If you, your truth is more important than anybody else, you're going to overrun people in your speech because you got something to say, and you're the only truth there is. 
If you're just going to bulldog people because you want to get your truth out there and everybody else is wrong. Well, it says be quick to hear. Quick to hear God's word to me, to me, and to me. And that's important that we grab that. It is so personal right here. James is pleading with us. Just because somebody speaks it doesn't mean it's true. The word of God is true. And he says, clear your mind right now. Don't do anything else. Focus on what the truth is that he has for us. Each and every time that we open up the Bible, we must be receptive. We must be willing to be changed by God's word. I ask you now before I go any further, are you willing to be changed in a wrong way that God reveals to you today? Because that's how we should approach each time we come into the house of God. Lord, I am willing to be changed. Please show me, like we said last week, Lord, please show me my sin. And is that a constant prayer of us? right? Or Lord, show me anything that would distort your truth. Lord, show me that it's me that you're talking to. Are we willing to get there? And if we are willing to get there, then we'll be quick to hear. Isn't that good? Now, in the earthly realm, we have people that need to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Yes. But this is more personal for us. We ought not give an opinion of God's word if it doesn't apply. We ought not think that we hold all truth. We ought not think that we're better or lower than anybody else. We ought not think that we have more important things to do than to clear our mind right now to hear what God has to say. We are to be slow to speak and slow to anger. In the background of the history, a historical event of this right here, there were people within the church realm that were just running off of their jaw, running, just blabbering off and everything, and it was not lining up with the scriptures that they did have at the time, and that's why he is saying it, to be slow to speak. You know, every time a person gets up to preach, there is a reluctancy there that, Lord, if there's any way I could get out of standing up here, it's always there, no matter how many, no matter how many times you do it during the week, it is always there. It's, Lord, if you give me something that I can get out of this, I'll go do it. Why? Because the truth is heavy. And it's a truth that we must be willing to hear and slow to speak about. Okay? And that's important that we understand that. Why? Because it's his truth and it's a weighty matter. And your life and your soul depends on his truth and his truth alone. So there we will be slow to speak, slow to jump into uh, Sunday school teaching or slow to uh, be a teacher of any sort. Let not many of you be those. Be a harsher, harder judgment at the end of time of what we have done with God's word. Now, listen to this. In the last part of this, of being uh, receptive to God's word, it should be applying to us right now. We must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Now, what is he talking about there, about the slow to anger part? Well, that means when a truth is given to me by God and I don't like it, I don't have the right to be angry at God. If the truth is 
uh, if my, my righteous, my anger does not overrun God's righteousness. I should be slow to anger, meaning I should not anger at all. Now, this is talking about me and God in his word, and it says here, I shall not be a liar. If I'm a liar, I don't like those words. But whatever verse here that will fit you, if that be the case, right? Am I prideful? I won't like that put away pride thing. I will have that anger within. This is not an outburst of anger. That needs to be controlled as well. But the whole point is, is that when God's word is piercing my heart, and I'm angry at God, and, but I'm blaming the preacher or the teacher or his word or the commentary or whatever that may be, it's all wrong. We need to be willing to be changed by God each and every day and be very, very careful about our anger as God points things out in our lives. Get that? You think it's impossible to get angry at God? Yeah. No. It's not. It's so crazy anymore. But the reality is, is your prayer time. What? Should I have prayer time? Be slow to anger here. The Bible said you should have prayer time. That's just, an, just one example how quick we could get off. Now, who's God think he is? Tell me that I should set aside time to pray. Or I should set aside time to read and study his word. But let us be slow to that. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. You see that. Therefore, what is it therefore? Therefore, looking right back to what he just, we just went through, right? This gives, he says, therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receive the word and plant it, which is able to save your souls. You get all that, right? We are to uh, be receptive to God's word. Therefore, putting off, it gives a metaphor, uh, metaphorically speaking of God, of us putting off old dirty clothes and putting on the new man. You catch that? That's what it is. That's what he's telling us. We need to be changed. We need to be willing to be changed. We need to be willing to adjust our life to do what? To put off the old man and to put on the new man, right? We need to change our clothes daily or they stinketh. We all agree to that. And so spiritually speaking, therefore, all the way back up to 18, which I would take all the way back to verse 1, Putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in what? In humility. Why? We owe him everything. In humbleness of mind. Humbleness of mind is not, hey, I don't, I'd rather do something else right now. So I'm going to be thinking about something else while I'm in God's house because I don't agree with what this guy is saying. That's broken. Humility is receiving God's word as it is. And it says for us to do this. The first imperative that we have, and we must be quick to hear. The second one that we have in this passage is to receive his word in humility. Not in pridefulness. Not in religion. But in humility before God. The word and planet. If you have received God, uh, 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 the, the written word upon your heart, upon your life, the word is implanted in you. Isn't that good news? Man, how blessed we are that we have a desire to seek God in all his glory and all his splendor and all that he is. Why? Because he put his words upon my heart. Amen. 
He's written them upon my heart. And therefore, I act out what is on my heart. I act out what is written upon my soul. Get rid of it all. Get rid of the dirty stuff. We are not a one-time repenter, yes, from condemnation, yes, but we now become repenters. Why? Because we have the filth of the day upon us. Each day we get up, the filth begins. The receiving humility. Do you know that it's wrong to lie to God? Yes. Do you know that it's wrong to reject what God is saying right now? Yes. Are you ready to examine yourself? To say, Lord, what is it in me that I'm not throwing away and I'm not cleaning? I'm hanging on to. See, that's our Christian life. That's all that we're about now is being trained up by God because he's changed everything about us and paid everything for us. And we are slaves unto Christ, putting it all away in humility to receive the word implanted we must be, that will save our souls. Let us not be Christians that get tired of hearing his word. We shall not. Let us not be Christians that say, Lord, it is I. Because it is I. Because it, it, it is I, if my uh, pridefulness, I don't need the word today. If my reading in the Bible is just mere mo moving the bookmarker. And that's all it is. So you can say, I read the Bible. If we're, that's all we're doing, we're religious folks do that every day. Amen. But the word implanted upon us, which is able to save our souls, we should look unto Christ in every passage that he's given us. Why? Because he's done everything for us. He purified our soul. And our soul will always be purified. Amen. Our soul is made right right now by the power of God's word imparted upon our very soul. Man, that's encouraging. That is saying, oh, Lord, you know, I want to serve God more. I do. And, and we should have, want this all the time. The question goes to the next part, being responsive to his word. We want this, but a lot of times we just don't want to pay the dues to get there. I'm a Christian, and I'm a lover of Christ, but, man, I haven't arrived. You hear, James, my beloved brother? This is what that life looks like now. This is what it looks like, to be willing to humble yourself. Not that you know it all and you have to speak it all, but what, Lord, what are you, what are you teaching me? in this word the word of god is so important that we must receive it in humility being receptive we're ready to be changed by god's word to be responsive we are going to but prove in verse 22 we see this but prove yourself doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves we use that all the time on everybody else. But we really need to use it to us. We had the word implanted in our hearts. What is it today that... And I'm not talking about that your character being exposed to anybody. I'm talking about you and God 
in a room by yourself and you're, and you're having these verses to you. But you are to prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. To prove yourself. Prove yourself a lover of Jesus Christ. And everything else will, will lay where it will. And you will grow and he will nurture you up on the way that you should go. How do you do that? By committing to him. By being ready to be changed and ready even today to, to respond, to be responsive to, Lord, give it to me. I, I need this. I want this. I don't want to just read it. I want to not only just hear it, Lord, I want to be able to put it into play. How many of us really are satisfied with our walk with Christ? None of us are going to raise our hands with that. Why? Because I have so much further to go. And because I haven't achieved loving him on the plateau that I can't love him anymore. We will never get there, praise the Lord. You know what that does? That puts us back at our dependence upon this God of glory in all that he is. But we had to prove ourselves, not somebody else, but ourselves, to be doers of his word and not merely, merely hearers, deluding the whole thing. If anyone be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man in the natural face in the mirror. Now think about this for just a minute. In the background, we have metal that's been shined up where people can look at themselves in the metal and see a reflection, right? Our, our mirror today and what is referring to is going back to is the mirror is God's Word. Remember what he said to Peter? Peter, do you love me? May we tremble at the thought. Peter, do you love me? And the question comes to mind, Lord, do I? If anyone just be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man that looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself, he has gone away and immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. Now we laugh at that. But the reality is, the Bible says this, I read it, and then I walk out and be somebody else. I look in the mirror and get myself all tallied up there, dressed up and everything else. Then I turn away from the mirror and I forget what I look like in the mirror. That's what he's talking about. Isn't that good? Isn't that personal? Isn't that personal to me and you that we may look at this beautiful Word of God that he's given us, this letter unto us. That's wonderful, isn't it? I hope you're encouraged just knowing that God wrote you a letter. Encouraged that he is not hammering you to pieces, not saying, hey, you say you're a believer, act like it. He's not doing that at all. He's saying, my beloved brethren and sisters, act out your treasure. Act out what you think about the Word of God. Act out all that you are and what you think about him. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he immediately forgets what kind of person he's supposed to be and what he said that he is. But the one who looks intently, 
the one who looks deliberately, the one who looks and looks upon the law, the perfect law, the law of liberty, the law that abides uh, by, that who abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer. This man will be blessed in all he does. Did you see that? It's not just read. It's talking about intently being engulfed, being captivated by who Christ is in his word. Isn't that wonderful, man? I, I haven't arrived there, but I, I've left, and I have much to go. But when we look at God's word, it said the one who looks at the perfect law, the law of freedom, and abides in it. The law of Christ. There's many things you can unpack here. Unpack here looking at this law of liberty, the law of freedom. We're free. We're no longer under condemnation. And Jesus says, by the law of liberty, by because you say you love me, abide in me. Uh, if you love me, do my commandments. If you have been bought by me, right, and brought into the kingdom of God through the blood of Jesus Christ and been purchased by God and you are a bond servant of Jesus Christ, right, you are set free. Set free to serve. Isn't that great? Because when you serve somebody and you have to, you eventually become begrudging of it. When you serve somebody because you love them, man, it's just, you just go over the top with it, don't you? You want the best of the best of the best for them, whatever it is. So you pour out your, your, yourself in the Word of God, and you see that this God that's been so gracious to me, this God that has set me free from the bondage of sin, from the bondage of just reading his word, from the bondage of just being a hearer of his word, and from the bondage to being a bondservant, a slave unto his word, that I may be changed by his word and actually become an effectual doer of his word. Man, that's glorious. As a dear pants for the water brook. Does our heart thirst and pant for him? We're to be responsive to this. We're to respond to his word. That this man who is an effectual, is a, a, being an effectual doer, this man is ble will be blessed in all he does. What does he want to do? You see the question there? What does he want to do? He wants to be sold out for Christ. He wants to do whatsoever he does, he does for the glory of Christ, right? And that's not just a little tack on saying you need to be obedient. No, it's because of the love of Christ is shed abroad in us. We love him. We love all that he is and all that he's done for us and all that he applies to us, that we look into his law, look into who he is, his perfect law, his Bible, his word intently and listen intently as well. Not just to say, hey, I heard 10 sermons last week. Well, what can you tell me about them? Okay, that's great to hear 10 sermons. What's the application? See, each time that we open up the Word of God, we have to have application. And as we have stepped down through these, there's much more to be unpacked here, but the story of my life, I'm running out of time. But I tell you, it, it just so 
wonderful that we are resting in his word that he wrote to us and that we are able to receive his word of freedom, freedom from giving in to temptation. We have a solution. It's him. We have a assistant through our trials. It's him. We have all of this is put together in this package that you may say you're a Christian in name only. The question that comes to us, are we truly lovers of Christ and do we want more of him? Do we want more of him? This we, we are resolved to his word. Verse 26 if anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet not does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man religion is worthless. Now, we have applied this different ways, and I'm going to tell you what comes out of your mouth says who you are. See, this goes deeper and deeper and personal. If it, if it actually comes out of your mouth, now you can have anger and it not come out. But if it actually comes out of your mouth, it comes from your heart where your treasure is, and then it comes into that explosion part of anger, and then it's all wrong. But when we hear this, and when anyone thinks himself to be religious that does not bridle his tongue, he only deceives his own heart. In his religion, his declaration is false. Many people are Christians today in worldly tomorrow. Many people walk away with nothing of what was been said today in other churches. But the question is, each time this past week, what do we mull over? of his word that he taught us last week and the week before and the week before and the week before. What are we going to mull over this week? Here, I, I see this, that we are resolved. And when you think about this, we're receptive, we're responsive. To be responsive is to be resolved and resolve this. I am a lover of Jesus Christ. I am, and I want him more. Amen. This is who I am, and this is what I declare for me, to love him more to cherish him more, and, set, and be that Christian what he declares one looks like. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, we're not deceived. Then we go on with this, and verse 27 says this, Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God and Father is this, to visit orphans and the widows in their distress, and to keep one unstained by the world. Pure, undefiled religion. You can work with that word religion a little bit, um, and uh, most of the time I'm kicking against that because there's everybody in the world is religious, right? But are they lovers of Christ? The tag comes that you could be religious meaning I'm a Christian, but have no obedience to attach to. Love and obedience never have been separated. Amen? The cardinal mind se separates that. 
is not as a perfection, not that we are, 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 are sinless, but we're sinning less every day. We should be. We stumble, yes. Who do we have? God. We mess up, yes. Who do we have? God. Who, who's paid it all for us? Who do we have? We have God. And so we are, we are resolved here that I want to, uh, to sure up my life. I want to make the declaration to my very soul that I want to walk in the way that brings glory to his name. Amen? That's our flag. That's our banner. And it should be to every one of us that we say, Lord, I want this type of relationship with you. This type of relationship. Pure and undefiled. We'll spend the rest of our days running that down. But are we running? Are we desiring? Do we want this? To visit the orphans and the widows, it doesn't have, uh, it's not the orphan ministry or the nursing home ministry that's in place here. Uh, that can't apply, but down the road. But he, what it is, you think about others more than yourself. That's what it means. That's what it really is boiled down to when you get through all the boiling of chapter 1 and all the theme of it. If you say that you're a lover of Christ, you ought to care for people. And the first thing that we do in our uh, being a believer and a lover of Jesus Christ is that we're supposed to die to ourselves and not be a forget forgetful here, but one that is really dying to ourselves and to pick up our weapon of death and follow Him. Doesn't look very pleasant, but yes, it's pleasant. Because everything that we endure along the way is for his glory. The orphans and the widows at this time was the ones that were suffering in the background as they were being dispersed abroad and suffering for the cause of Christ. They were the ones that uh, their older son received all the goods because dad got put in jail or was killed for being a Christian and lover of Jesus Christ. Amen. He was suffering for the cause of Christ and the family endures it. Right there, they're suffering because, why? Well, because in the religious eyes of the Jews there, the older son got the goods and the older son could have, not in every situation, but run off with the goods. They got the money, they got the cash, they're gone. And leave mom and the kids behind. Or they were put to death. But the whole point is, is that in their affliction, and not having anybody, listen, not to have anybody to stand up with them, to walk through their life with them, to be there with them. That they may not be alone doesn't mean you have the solution or the money to get them out of all that stuff, but it is a, a coming alongside the people, not only orphans, not only those that... Uh, 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 being the widows, right? But it's also for those that are in need. But we don't just feed just to feed. We don't just help just to help. If they're not getting the word of God, it's useless. In some form of fashion. But isn't that wonderful? This is where we start stop living for ourselves. I resolve to stop living for myself today. Are you? Are we? And each person has to deal with them 
themselves, each part of this, those that are in need, do they, do they know us? Do they know us at all? Or we write the picture of being a hearer of God's Word. Yes, we help people. Yes, we do this and we do that, but we really don't. We really don't. We can be very selfish. Again, this is personal, and this is to us. And to deal with this personally, Lord, who and what is number one in my life? It has order. Lord, do I care for those that threw everything away? Or do I think I'm the only one that deserves grace? See, it's very convicting in this, and there's more to be said for it, but we get the picture here that we can say that we're lovers of Christ and no help anybody but ourselves. We deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves because we're not working, becoming unspotted, unstained by the world because we look just like them. We act just like them. Let us examine ourselves. No one else. This ain't for nobody but you. This ain't no, for nobody but me. But you and I need to get there. And as Brother Chris will be unpacking chapter 2, And he's going to be unpacking what's in chapter 1. I don't know about you, but I'm excited because this is what we need, and this is what I want. I want to become more like Christ today. Are you resolved to say that to yourself? Lord, I see all, this, all the Scripture that we have in chapter 1. Am I resolved today? Lord, help me to be single-minded to your word and to apply it to my life that I truly pick up my uh, cross and follow him. In other words, I think more of other people than I do myself. You know, if you think about what is this world worth? Nothing. You're going to die and all your stuff is going to someone else. Amen. It's going to someone else. Whether your furniture, houses, land or whatever, you'll not have it in glory. And if you're going to glory because God has done a work in it, well, praise the Lord. The Word is implanted in you that we are to be doers of the Word and not so captivated by the world that we got to have all the things that our flesh desires. We need to stop it and just do it. Amen? May the Lord bless His Word upon our hearts as we rest in his word alone and put it in action. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. You have so much more that could be said on this. And Lord, that is coming. And the rest of Jack, uh, James, Lord, we just, uh, Lord, help us to examine ourselves. Help us to not be satisfied that we're just mere Christians, but that we're lovers of Christ and not being satisfied on our level of love for you today. We need so much more. I need to be able to love you more. 
I need to be captivated by your word, your truth. And Lord, for it may be a delight unto my very soul. So help us, Lord, to truly examine ourselves if we pant for your truth, your presence, desire you at all. And if we do, Lord, we pray that you would give the increase of wisdom and knowledge and understanding how wonderful and gracious you are that it may apply to our lives, that we may be ambassadors of Jesus the Christ. Lord, help us. In Jesus' precious name, amen.